Welcome to Today, Maybe Forever, uh, a podcast conversation. And today uh, I'm speaking with visual artist Sarah Santa Maria. We are in her, what neighborhood are we in? Are we in Grant Park? Is this Grant uh, Park? I think it's officially Old Fort Worth. Old Fort Worth, yes. Yeah. But Grant Park adjacent. We're in your home apartment, loft, studio kind of thing. Yeah. As the Marty train passes by outside of the window. It's a beautiful view. It is a beautiful view. Um, but yeah, so this, this podcast series is called Today, Maybe Forever. And it's called that because I feel like the things that happen today, you know, today is very finite. Mm-hmm. It's a very moving but finite thing. But... Forever is also very definite. It's always in the future. It's it's somewhat infinite, but it's always defined as uh-huh. moving forward. In between today and in between forever, mm-hmm. there are lots of maybes. A lot of maybes. A lot of maybes. Sure, yeah. A lot of choices. A lot of choices. So you, you just don't really know how it's going to go. So this conversation series is called Today, Maybe Forever, because the things that we do today, perhaps they will have a longer lasting legacy. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they won't. You just never really know. So there's that space of investigation and curiosity that kind of that kind of is uh, in between that. So mm-hmm. this is what we're doing with this. So glad to have some time with you today. Mm-hmm. And um, I always get excited when I see you because I feel like we don't see each other very often. And so we just talked about um, running into each other a couple of weeks ago. Literally, mm-hmm. I think it was what the corner of Peace Street and 14th Street. Yeah. Right there by Colony Square. Yeah. I was riding up 14th Street, and I think I saw you on your you were on your scooter. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think I think that's Sarah. And so I crept up to the intersection, and I think I yelled at you through the window, and you gave me a flyer to the show. Yeah. And I said, all right, great. Like, I can't can't talk, because I think the- I was actually start trying to stop you for a conversation, <laughs> and it was like a convenient moment, and I saw your face like, hey, I have to run. It's like, of course, of course, go. Yeah. Uh, I think that the light was about to change, and- you know, people about to start start uh, honking at me or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I was happy to see you. Happy to see you doing work. And I didn't know what you were doing or kind of where you were at that moment. So mm-hmm. even just that brief interaction was just really exciting for me to just to kind of like catch up and just know that you were still around doing stuff. Yeah, same. Um, and so I did get a chance to go to the exhibition. And um, we'll talk about that later. But, but one of the things... Um, that I like talking to you about is is just kind of being in transit. I feel like you're always in transit, going from somewhere in between places and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when I saw you on your scooter getting <laughs> off, you were in transit. But but um, I feel like you're always moving. Yeah, um, kind of true, yeah. Yeah. Why can't you ever stand still for any long length of time? That's a very good question. And I ask that myself a lot. Um, I think in the past, I was trying to kind of like blame the place. Like let's say that I wasn't especially happy with my specific situation at that given time. And then I thought, oh, but it's all about moving. If you move, things change. And then you relocate and then you go and find like new interests or like new hopes and dreams. Like I can go to England and learn English or I can move to France and learn French and like engage in this new project or just like it, it, like a, it is like a fresh start that it, seems that it can solve your own um, emotional 
instability or like something that it doesn't feel right in your life, like the best or the easiest way to solve it sometimes is just like relocate somewhere and start from zero, like a refresh starting or something. Um, and I got to realize that it's, it's not true. Like whatever you have with yourself and whatever you are dealing with, it will follow you no matter where you are or who are you surrounded by. It's about you dealing with your own things. So I learned that. Um, but it also, it can, it is exciting for me. I think like every time that you move and you relocate somewhere, it's like a new layer of life that it adds up. There's so much to learn about yourself. You learn so much about yourself when you, when you challenge yourself to be in a new environment because you really have to renegotiate who you are every time. You know, just like think about who you are, it's who you are in terms of like how people see you. Mm-hmm. Like if you move somewhere else, you have to make people see you again. Right, So right. you have to redefine who you are. And I kind of enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, you, you lived and have lived all over the place, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I like learning languages. I yeah. like meeting new people. I like diversity of cultures. Like, I really enjoy that. And I, I like how you can, like, connect ideas and differences in cultures and how you are somehow always very detached from the new society. Like, I don't have the same prejudices or the same understanding of your culture, so I kind of observe it from the distance. You know, yeah, like yeah. I don't get like that attached to certain ideas, and I try to understand issues or just like concept of like observes people interaction, and my observation cram- comes from a very detached place, from a different context. I don't know. So, how do you enter in, into a place? Because I, I, I get that you are comfortable being an outsider to an extent, because you're mm-hmm. always in transit, but. Once you decide to be in a place for a while, mm-hmm. how do you enter into that, you know, that place? So, for for example, you're in Atlanta now. Yeah. And we're here, you know, on off of Memorial Drive here. Marty Train is going by. Atlanta is this really interesting place. And you come to it as an outsider. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you navigate entering into what Atlanta has become for you? Um, I guess I have this like curious nature, nature that is just like leads to put me like everywhere. I will start like if I come to Atlanta, like what's going on in Atlanta? What are the neighbors? Like where is the culture? Where are the arts? Like what is people doing? And I have like I can talk with the stones in the street, you know, like I can talk to anybody. <laughs> I will talk to anybody. I go and say, hey, I'm Sarah. How are you? Yeah. And then that really facilitates integration. Yeah. Um, I don't know I show myself like I like I am normally I don't have I don't put a lot of barriers between people and I I really try to like get that out of the equation and that I think that definitely facilitates like integration into a new place plus I'm also like a very curious person I'm not afraid of going alone to places so I will go to shows to to music gigs or like concerts or, yeah. like, I don't know I just move around and just I'm curious I'm like truly interested in meeting people so i think that is really how it happens yeah so the name of your uh your most recent show who comes today and who gets to stay tomorrow yeah i feel like there's a heavy um emphasis on this otherness Mm -hmm. um with the work or with the the items in the work 
the suitcases uh, makes me think about integrate, you know, not, well, integration, but also immigration. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about immigration and people coming to this country or really any country, um, what were some of your earliest thoughts around even that theme for the show? Um, the sense of a strangerness, um, the sense of like the who comes today and stays tomorrow is actually one of the many definitions of the word a stranger in the spectrum of the stranger being the newcomer or the outsider or the foreign. So it comes from there. It, it's just like this sense of being new into a place, like trying to redefine who you are, trying to renegotiate a new culture without like losing your own identity or your own like cultural heritage. It is like the, just like the whole show really is being, or the catalog, the, like how the show started, it, it becomes, it all started with this question, like what does it take to become a stranger? At what point you become a stranger? What does it mean to you to be the stranger? How people feel you when you are the stranger? What does it imply to be the stranger, you know? Like everything is started from that point. And it's like, who comes to the United States tomorrow? It's like an individual that is anonymous that people don't know, that is like um, unidentified, unfamiliar, uh, and that somehow implies some type of um, doubt. When, when, when there is something that you don't know, you just like are hesitant about it. Um, so it all spins around that idea. So going from this notion of being a stranger to being familiar though, mm-hmm. what, is that, what does that feel like or, or how do you navigate that transition? <laughs> There is no, like, I don't see, like, there, it's, a tra- it's a mental transition. Like, you're, like, for a while, when you relocate somewhere being the stranger, for a while, you are both present and absent. It's like you're here because you're physically here, but you are, like, mentally and psychologically and emotionally detached also because mm-hmm. you haven't really constructed or, like, assimilated the culture. You, you don't have, like, real ties with people yet, so you're, like, somehow disconnected. So there is this, this like, kind of, like, invisible but permanent line that is always dividing mm-hmm. your previous culture and the new one that is about to build. And it is somehow two cultures that never really blend. You know, it's like even when I, you speak to... I speak Spanish at home, and I speak English with you now. And I feel that I am literally two different persons. I have a different way of expressing myself. I will be more careful or less careful depending if I addressing what topic in your culture. Like I am definitely very different. Not even, just like yeah. in the language. It's just like the way I approach the whole communication between us is very different in Spanish or in English. So you really feel divided. Yeah. And it's that, that line that divides a lot of things. It's just uh, it's, uh, it's the language, it's the culture, it's uh, you trying to build up like new solid relationships with a new environment while also trying to preserve your family and friends' ties that are far away. It's like the sense of like what is home? What makes you feel home? It's like home, whether it's nowhere now or whether it's like very split. Even the concept of being a stranger, because that's all about perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're coming from a different place into this place, Mm -hmm. yes, you're a stranger, but also people treat you as a stranger because you're new to them. Um, You're not a stranger to yourself because that's who you, you know, spend all of your time with. But it even seems like the notion of that label stranger, do you even get 
does the individual even get to lose that label? It almost feels like like the community gets to say, all right, this person is not a stranger anymore. And mm. now we, we, we accept you, and now you're not a stranger. I feel very accepted in Atlanta. Mm. But that doesn't fade away the sense of strangeness. Mm. I feel very accepted by I've been very, very lucky. I have like great friends. People have been very patient with me, with my English, my cultural, like these adjustments. Like I feel very at home here. But it also puts you like culturally you are the outsider. Still? Yeah, there are many okay. things that you don't get. Like, for example, like, you, I go to a comedy show. Like, I don't get the jokes. <laughs> like, I'm culturally detached. What, is, what is the last thing? It doesn't even have to be a comedy. But what is the last thing that you didn't get? When someone says something or you were in, a, in an environment and you, you just didn't get it? Um, I have limitations with that all the time. Like, for example, we're working with Brutal Studio conceptualizing a fictional character that is growing in Las Vegas, in the, that is becoming like a, like a well-known artist in Las Vegas in the 70s. I'm lost. You know, like, I, I, my culture is very far away from that. I have to do a lot of research. Like, we engage in conversations where I have, like, okay, yeah, like, these concepts, this this show in the 70s in America, like, I don't know, they're like cultural, inf- this cultural information that you're totally missing. Um, but it's also the, I don't know, it's also the stranger, you say you are not the stranger to yourself because you are with yourself all the time. But that doesn't quite translate. You feel strange, like just like what I say, like the fact that you have to renegotiate two identities, it is, it's good because it offers an opportunities for new creative ways of developing yourself and all that, but it doesn't, it's still a challenge. Emotionally, it's a challenge. Psychologically, it's a challenge. It's, it's, you have to deal with this like a split personality, this cultural fragmentation. And you always like feel kind of strange. So when you're on, let's say the Spanish side of that. Yeah. Of, your, of that line for you. Yeah. And comparing that to the American side. Or mm-hmm. the outside, whatever mm-hmm. the outside is. Even when you are able to come to that side, the, the Spanish side, in your home or mm-hmm. with your family or on the phone or just in communication, you don't feel, well, do you still feel as though you're a stranger there? Yeah. Really? Why? Yeah, yeah, Why? yeah, yeah. Because you evolve, you change. So okay. every time when you come, like you have made that huge jump in your life. You push yourself way farther than you were before the starting point. And then you come back to, I come back to Madrid, to Spain, and things hasn't moved. They are still the same, but I am not the same. I have evolved. I have a kind of like tried to adapt to a new culture. I have absorbed new ideas. I have like this like kind of new mentality. I have like expanded my identity in different to different ages, to different possibilities, to different understandings. To I've been exposed to different cultures, to different people. Like I don't know. Like you have engaged with so much that has transformed you in a deeper way. And then you go back and it's the same. Like nothing has changed and you don't belong to that place anymore. So let me ask you this. When do you feel like you know yourself best? I don't know. Like, it's like a, like, a, a working, like a working, like a progress. Like I don't feel I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah. do you ever have, have moments where it feels, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, equilibrium. Where, where everything feels in in rhythm or there's synergy with with both 
your external self and your internal self or your your other both sides of that line for you when do you feel like both of those are in harmony i don't feel a harmony in that no no but i'm okay with that too okay. you know like it's not like it's not that disturbing it's just acknowledging that division mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily implies it doesn't it doesn't imply suffering mm-hmm. it's just like a reality it is what it is you know like yeah. um and i think it softens out with the time a little bit and you get to negotiate and recalibrate things better or just jump from one identity to another with less trauma or like less thinking which just like it becomes more natural in general but I don't know about that equilibrium. Yeah. I mean, it's it's balanced because you manage to have like both sides of yourself, mm-hmm. and it's fine. I'm fine. I'm happy. You're fine. Yeah. I'm fine. yeah. <laughs> but it's also acknowledging the complexity of that uh, cultural fragmentation, or the complexity of like um, dealing with with like things like being isolated, like adapting to a new culture, developing like a like a new life, and yeah. and like keeping up with your old existence it's just like um i guess like um i needed to with this show i needed really to digest my whole experience with um, emigrating to the states my own frustration with the immigration process my own frustration with feeling lonely alienated sometimes um so it's been very informative for me and it just like gave me the the chance to explore all these issues and emotions but really like at the end of the day the challenge of the work it was like escalating the narrative of the body of work up to a point where i could somehow like raise empathy towards immigrants in general you know just like soften the stereotypes Mm. that people have towards immigrants because at the end of the day immigrants are very vulnerable and they are being very courageous they're just like trying to change their own destinies like people is emigrating whether three main reasons is like love, war, or work. And all these three reasons imply a lot of hopes and expectations. But immigrants are in a very vulnerable position, you know, like they're like displaced, they're far away from home, they don't have family, friends, they are like overcoming cultural and language barriers and they, they're vulnerable. They need protection and they like I I was hoping like I could somehow raise empathy. Uh, towards them so people can like soften those stereotypes and focus on the complexity of the of the stories of those individuals you know they're like a, there's a whole story lying beneath those immigrants that are like um, being displaced for a specific reason and and they have like a like a complex story behind it's not just like and they are normally buried under the whole stereotype of being an immigrant what was the most frustrating part for you Language is always very frustrating because it keeps you very alienated. Like if you don't understand someone, you feel out of place, you don't get the jokes, like you don't get to interact, you don't get to engage with people. So the first thing to overcome is the language. Mm. Once you get to communicate, even if it's in your own way or even if people is judging you because of your accent, but you can somehow engage with them already, you can like really communicate with them, that is a big jump to integrate in this, like to really integrate. Like when you don't get the jokes and you don't, you just like give weird answers because you misunderstood some someone's question. Like that also makes people feel very uncomfortable. Mm. So it makes like awkward situations. I think the language varies. It's probably one of the biggest. Yeah. When it comes to your immigration process, mm-hmm. um, what was what was the most uh, troubling part for that, of that for you? 
Well, it was very traumatic in my case because I was ready to leave Spain because we both, Alejandro, my boyfriend at the time, which is my husband now, we were both ready to leave Spain because of the economical, political spectrum. And we wanted to find like better opportunities in general. So that was really our catalyst. And then he found a job here and we both like reimagine and redecide what we would do. And, and he accepted the job. We both, uh, he's an American citizen. And then I asked for a visa to come here as a tourist. And I had already left my job, left my house, and I was like literally ready to come here. Alejandro already had the ticket. He was already flying and starting like the new job here in Atlanta. And then my visa got denied. And that implied that I couldn't come to the States even as a tourist. And Alejandro was jumping on a plane the day after. So it was like, now how are we going to renegotiate this? Because you're leaving, you have a house there, you already starting a new job. And now I left my house here, I don't have a job, and then I can't go there either. So that put me like in a limbo situation. We started to talk with lawyers uh, to see how we could renegotiate the whole situation. And they were very honest and very straightforward. They listen, you are the rejection of your visa implies that you're not welcome in that country, so you have to go ahead and do all the paperwork to apply for a green card. And that is going to take around two years. So I was put like in a limbo for two mm-hmm. years. Um, it kind of threatened my relationship with him. It left me in a very weird position where I could like, well, what do I do? Like I don't have a space here or a place to exist here right now because I had like mentally relocated in somewhere else. But then I have two years where it's like, uh, an on whole situation and that is one of the biggest frustrations with immigration processes it takes very long and it pulls like people's dreams and expectations on hold that's why the sweet case are melting exactly it's just like these kind of dreams and hopes and big expectations that are suddenly put on hold and then just they your dreams can just melt waiting were you ever bitter yeah I had moments where I was like dealing with the whole immigration process. I relocated in France in the meantime. Um, And I was thinking like, why am I doing this? Really like, I wasn't even considering to go to the States in the first place. It's just because he, my, my boyfriend found a job there. But now that I feel so rejected, now that it's been so complicated, now that it's causing me so much drama, so much money, it's so complex. Why? am I fighting this so much? I remember like endless conversations on Skype with my boyfriend. It's like, why we don't forget about this idea? I don't feel welcome in that country. I think it's been too difficult. And when things are that difficult, it's normally for a reason. Like you really like, there are other places where we can live and work in the world. We can live here in Europe, it's easy. We don't need visa, (laughs) you know? We don't need to spend all this kind of like, effort, sacrifice, uh, money, in just like for moving there. Like, I don't know, I feel very rejected. And there were moments where I was very bitter and very angry and just like rejecting the whole idea. Like, maybe I just don't want to be there. And what did that put you all in your relationship? You know, did you ever consider not being together? No. Okay. No, 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 no. I was and I am still very in love and I had something very clear. I wanted to be with Alejandro. Mm-hmm. And and he was also very nice throughout the whole process. He was very positive and we would meet like every two, three months in different places, like in Canada or in France. He would come and visit me every three months or so. I couldn't come to the States, but he, he would visit me. 
So I don't know. He just made the whole process to be like he was very patient. He was just the opposite of me. I was mad. I was angry. I was like frustrated. I was like displaced. I was like alone, alone in France. Like I don't know. Um, but he was. I don't know. He made it easier somehow. He made it work. So when you finally got everything worked out mm-hmm. and you finally came, did your how did your perspective of America change or even the policies change once you finally got here? I don't know. I guess like, first of all, I kind of like I in this process of like emigrating here, I kind of had to put all that rage under control and try not to focus that much on it and just just like focus on my daily life in France and just like keep it keep it positive so just to make it work throughout the process so when I first came here it was kind of for me the time to deal with that you know like I was like kind of like trying to renegotiate all that uh, trauma that I had to hide somehow to make it workable so when I first came here, there is this honeymoon period that I always call when you move somewhere. That is everything is good, everything is perfect because it's just so refreshing. It's new people, like new environments. Um, it is the honeymoon process that I call it. But yeah, after that, it comes the whole like resettlement challenge. And I was also when I decided to focus on my practice and I said like I wanted to develop my own work. I decided to focus on this subject. Like there is so much emotionally that I've been through. Um, emigrating to this country that I just want to like dig it up and connect it with bigger ideas that are actually like real issues and part of the you know the public debate right now in yeah. America yeah I mean I'm I'm feeling emotional listening to you because I don't feel as as an American citizen that I can fully understand mm-hmm. what you're expressing you know to to have a thing to have access to a thing or to a place that other people really want mm-hmm. or for whatever reason are trying to get, you know, whether it's for for love, mm-hmm. for war or for work, mm-hmm. as, as, as you, you said. To, so to be in this place, to know you and to really, you know, like you and to mm-hmm. be glad to, to connect with you, to then be on the other side of that as a citizen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 weird to to have again to to be an American or to have access to this thing that other people really want and then they get denied or they can't yeah. access it. That's you, you, that's, you that's a weird value, place. You mean like you don't value it enough? I don't. Well, not value it. I almost feel as though as Americans we are very ignorant of the process mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah. So everything is a lot easier for us mm-hmm. to well it's it's easier to look out into the world or to see mm-hmm. the media stories around immigration or refugees mm-hmm. or any time where people are moving from place to place. Mm-hmm. And because we live in a place where lots of people want to come, mm-hmm. you don't really understand what it takes. What it takes to get yeah. here. Yeah, and and some people is just like I don't know some immigration process. My my case is a my story is a small story and it's a yeah. happy story. And within the range of like immigration processes, is very standard and very easy. So I'm I am aware that my story is a lucky story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I also had to deal with the same issues that worse stories has to deal with. So I wanted to make that connection. But I am very aware there are immigrants that are like 
whose lives are being put on hold that are like in refugees camps like with no expectations of being resettled um, and they're hoping to be really I don't know like I am aware that immigration in they're like worst case scenarios and, and it can be a very traumatizing process yeah. I mean ways. because you know time is very finite we only have so much time here no matter how you know young or old we have we all have there is an end yeah and so time is is the luxury. So to be in a place where literally everything is on hold, mm-hmm. that feels very full of despair almost. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about the actual change in your, maybe it's a change in your work. I see it as a change in your work. So I think about your earlier work and I'm looking at the walls here mm-hmm. in your in your home very uh, geometrical, straight mm-hmm. edge, a lot of the repeating patterns, mm-hmm. which I loved. I remember watching you make those <laughs> um, in the studio, and I was, in, I was impressed by um, the molding techniques that you would use. But in this exhibition, where you have the suitcases melting into the floor, mm-hmm. it, seemed as the, as, it seemed as though it was a departure from the, the form aspect. So what were you thinking about in terms of that departure inform when it comes to your work i agree that there is uh there's been a big jump between one type of work and the other the other one it was like in a way less personal um, when i first came here I, and i decided that i wanted to like focus on my own practice i just started like by developing the practice itself and that started with like a routine that you just go every day to the studio and like focus on developing work because it's all about that effort like creativity people think that it's like a magical moment that jumps into your mind and then boom you have an idea but no it's about like being inconsistent and being um so actually the i realized that a part of my work that is kind of existing there that is in both types of work is the repetition and i've been thinking about that like why am i doing this work that is always based in in repeating the same kind of Technique, or like if you think about the, the patterns, it's just the, sh- the same shape repeated all over and over and over. And it is, I think, like because there is this lack in me of like routine or like a structure of repetition because of the, la- the, the fact that I move a lot and you don't have that sense of structure and routine. And it gives me, I think, I feel safe. It makes me feel safe, you know? Like, it's, it's just like this sense of a structural routine that makes me feel uh, safe. And it's, it applies to, for example, the work that is in the exhibition that is um, Roots of a Homeless Mind, that is uh, this kind of like jungle gyms of the 80s, that is um, a mental structure that is being welded together. And that is a very repetitive piece to make too. Like the process itself, it's, it has a routine, it has a structure. And, and I think that is like psychologically kind of like laying there. Um, I don't know if that answered to you. It does. No, <laughs> no. I just wanted you to talk about it. That's all. Because I, it was, it was, I didn't know what to expect. And mm-hmm. so when I saw the work, it looked a lot different than what I was expecting from your previous work. So mm-hmm. I, just wanted you to, I just wanted you to talk about it. Yeah, I think that that is like one aspect in common that I can definitely identify. But it, the big jump, it comes from making work that is like visually it was like visually pleasant to me or it was like um, helping me to develop a specific technique versus this work that is really being way more personal it was just me dealing with my own personal frustrations and just like trying to extend that conversation to a higher like 
global issue. I don't know. Like it had like a it has more depth. It has more personal depth for sure. Okay. I was ready for that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, who comes today and who stays tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the name of the show. Uh, where will this show or where will the work be going next? Because I know it's it's going to end soon. So, or at least where will you be having this conversation next? How will you be having this conversation in, in the future? Like what's sort of on the horizon? Um, I have been invited to another show that is exploring the theme of home in between places or not having a home at all. So I guess uh, part of the world will, will have the chance to exist there and to keep like bringing conversations around that issue. Mm. Um, also, I'm moving the, specifically the playgrounds are going to be up in August in Hayville. Uh, for an art festival um, and I don't know right. I will try to place them in more places so they yeah. can keep existing and like bringing conversations up cool um, well before we talked on on air or before we talked uh, with the, the microphones on earlier we talked about movies and trailers yep. and not giving away the full movie in the trailer so I hope that this conversation is a good trailer for people to go see your work and see all of uh, the concepts and the ideas that you're exploring. So um, thank you for spending some time with me. Thank you very much for having me again. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, thank you.